Welcome to another episode of Safe Place with Titus Glenn. Today, guys, we're going to talk about the symptoms of religious trauma. So stay tuned for another episode of Safe Place with Titus Glenn. All right, y'all. So we're digging deep, going deeper, pulling back layers, and just having another great conversation. Um, I did an episode last week on what religious trauma is. And this week's episode is kind of a spinoff from last week's episode because after we talked about what it is, And as we were talking about what it is, I was experiencing some symptoms of what that could look like and did look like for me in this space that I'm healing from religious trauma. Um, I would say that religious trauma is also a way to say deconstructing, deconstructing your faith, your theologies, what you believe, what you stand on, what's true to you. Today, I got this revelation that working out your own salvation is deconstruction and deconstruction in a sense, like I just said, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Is religious trauma in a nutshell. So we're going to dive into the first point I wanted to make. And I have some notes here because I only wanted to highlight three because I feel like This is where things hit home for me. Uh, Last week when I was sharing, it was really, really difficult to share my point of view and not just my point of view, talk about the definition and what it meant and where it came from. So the first thing I would like to address as a symptom is a lack of self-confidence and self-esteem. Now, last week, when I was talking about religious trauma, before airing and doing that whole thing live, I had tried to record three times. Three times, something was going on with my computer. So I don't know what it was, but anywho, I decided to go ahead and do it live. Now, keep in mind when I was doing it as a pre-record, I was just talking. I was just sharing. I was just letting it do what it do. Now, when I went live, I legit was tripping. So much anxiety, concern, worry, my self-esteem, self-confidence, being able to just speak candidly was, uh, yeah, it was a thing last week. It wasn't a thing. Let's say it wasn't a thing. And what you saw last week was me talking, but behind the talking, there was a level of self-confidence and self-esteem I didn't have. And I believe that in some of these religious settings that we've encountered, a lot of it was not in a in a in teaching modes of teaching self love or teaching self affirmation. 
And when it came to actually you showing up as yourself or having a voice for yourself, you were deluded to not really speak or you were so cautious or of, of how to be confident when it came to just disagreeing with people, especially in leadership, because your voice was obsolete or, you know, taking that outside of the church. And then you go into some of these settings, they didn't teach you how to have confidence and be able to be yourself. And I believe that that stems from or the root of that is that trauma because of the seeds that have been planted into your mind as to how to show up in any arena. And so last week, all I'm trying to say is I was experiencing some really low self-confidence and really low self-esteem when talking about what I believe is an emerging topic even the more because so many people are admitting that they have religious trauma or they're discovering that they do have a trauma attached to their religion. In my certification course that I actually took and went through, one of the speakers talked about, and this more so connects with Black American culture, is that Black trauma is religious trauma. And I don't want to dig into that, but I think just from the surface level of it, even when we look at the history of African-Americans in this country, we have had to fight through a lot of stigma concerning our color, the color of our skin and what people think about us. And that in itself can do something to a person's psyche and create a self-hate because our blackness or our heritage has not been equally uh, supported in certain areas and time frames of history. And so that plays on self-esteem and being confident in who you are versus trying to be like somebody else or being pushed to be like somebody else because who you are has not been displayed as more than enough. So how did I push through or have pushed through this type of symptom? I have had to muster up courage through affirmation. What I mean by affirmation, I'm more so talking about self-talk. Letting myself know that I am enough, I am qualified, and that I have what it takes to succeed. And I believe in those affirmations when I have an experience like I did last week, I'm able to bounce back quicker because I can now see based upon my self-talk that I can get up and do it again and that when I do it again, I can tap into another level of confidence to just speak candidly without any type of um, low self-esteem or not being confident enough to speak. So I would encourage those that are 
dealing with self-confidence and self-esteem in this place of religious trauma to start applying more affirmation to your life and to just speak to those areas that you feel as though you're weak in and put a positive twist on that space. You know what I mean? So let's keep it moving. My next symptom I want to talk about is a sense of isolation. And boy, have I felt isolated. Not just because of divorce. I believe divorce is one piece. And having to rearrange friends because those friends that you had, they're no longer here. Um, and you, you don't have a lot of things to talk about being single versus being married and the connection is not there. Uh, I would also say that the isolation has come, come from not trusting who can you share the, the transition that you're in with. So my theologies and beliefs have been changing over the last two to three years to align with who I'm called to be and the things I believe I'm solid in versus the things I was told to believe in and told what to do. And in that space of learning what's true to me has made me feel isolated and not really look at maybe those that are showing up. So prime example is last couple of weeks, I have been feeling like isolated, like not really knowing who to talk to. I don't really want to pull on people that often. And the things that I'm learning about religious trauma and religion overall has been exciting all at the same time when you talk about certain things that people don't necessarily agree with, they don't actually come with a heart to understand or a heart to be like, well, maybe, maybe you're right and I'm wrong and whatever. So what I have found though, I lost my train of thought. Y'all forgive me. (laughs) Isolation. So What I have found, though, in this space of isolation is that I have had to look and see how do I navigate this area for myself. And I have noticed that when people don't understand a thing, they themselves would would isolate you from everybody else. And what they don't understand, they will demonize or make evil. And that can make you feel or someone feel isolated. Um, Oh, that's what I was saying uh, in the last couple of weeks, feeling isolated and not really knowing who to talk to. But then I was reminded that I have a whole community 
that I have access to and I just need to reach out. But because of the level of trauma and what I've experienced when sharing with certain people, it can make you feel like you are by yourself. And yeah, so I have had to move and navigate through this space of isolation by tapping into community, reaching out to those I know I can confide in. Uh, I just had a awesome time with my best friend just to get out the house and remind myself that, hey, I do have people that actually support. And if they don't understand all the way, they're willing to show up just the whole space. So you have to tap into those places that you know love you and it's not looking to get anything from you and genuinely genuinely they're concerned about your well-being and what you have going on and that's how you push through the isolation because there's going to be times where you just feel like ooh I'm learning this but I can't talk about that with her or him cuz they believe this they believe that and I know they're not open so you have to get in those spaces they say, hey, I need to talk. I just need to get this off my chest. Um, the other part of that is that sometimes that isolation is for self-reflection. For you to sit with what you're learning. Sit with what you want to keep and the things that you want to throw away. I remember I went to a, a an event for an artist friend of mine. And after the event, I was talking to another artist, really excited about what I was learning And I could tell that their energy shut down. And I realized in that moment that you you can't share with everybody until you're bold enough to share with anybody. You can't share with everybody until you're bold enough to share with anybody. And so in this space of isolation, you have to become really in tune with what you believe who you are and stand in that. And and I believe that is a benefit of isolation. You're doing that self-work, that self-reflection so that you can know exactly who you are and what you believe. And so when things happen, you don't you're not shaking, you don't feel like you need to shut yourself off because you've taken the time to really sit in all all of it. Okay. S- lastly, if I could share this last point, is the the symptom of pervasive feelings of guilt and shame. Man, I believe that this is really, really uh evident in a lot of theology preaching um and how it has been taught that God don't love you if you Get a divorce. God don't love you if you same gender loving. God don't love you if you go drink. Or if God do love you, then now he hates you. Or what you did was uh, what you did now has called God to turn his ear towards you. Just a lot of dogma that's been preached that in this transition that I've been in, I have had to change my way of thinking about certain things so that if I go out and go to the club, I have to remind myself that 
Titus, you've done nothing wrong. If I go out and go dancing or if I decide to have a drink or if I decide to go do some something else, <laughs> then, hey, Titus, you're human. It's okay that you're still loved versus you need to come repent at the altar and cry out to God and it's a con- constant need to be, in my opinion, perfect. So perfect that when you're actually living who you are and living your truth, that you're having to throw away all this stuff because you're feeling a level of guilt and shame behind just being yourself. I speak to the shame and guilt that came with divorce because there's a theology that says you shouldn't get one. And these are the things that that you shouldn't do. So you need to stay married forever, regardless if you guys are not happy, regardless if your chemistry is not together, regardless if that person is treating you dirty, regardless of whatever that is. If you got married and things were, you realize that, hey, this doesn't work. There's the theology that teaches you need to stay while you know that your life is or your your purpose is bleeding. As I say bleeding, that could be the wrong word. Your Your life could be better if you chose a different partner. Um, and then they make you feel like God has removed his hand or calling from your life. I have no people. And I think I've said this in a different podcast. I know people that have been in leadership position. And once they got divorced, that church fired them. Because it's this idea that you have to be perfect, that you can't make a mistake, that you have to live like this. You have to put on this facade. And then when you put on the facade, if you make a mistake, then now it's all this judgment and it just makes you feel shame and guilt. And it it brings about so many unhealthy and toxic emotions that it's unnecessary. Unnecessary. And these are the things that people are walking through. I'm not just walking through it, but there is a, I believe, an exodus from religion because what was told to us by way of our own research, we're realizing that it wasn't 100% truth. And the people that taught it only taught it based upon what they were told, but they did not adequately adequately research to find out if it was true. And this is no heat or no judgment on anybody. Where we are, I believe where we are, in the age of internet, in the, in the age of 
knowledge being just available to us. We are learning that the way religion has been used has been a way to keep us or to keep people in a state of codependency. And what I believe the religious trauma, the conversation around it is doing is bringing it about an awareness of how some people, and I would say most people at this place have been in a, have, have been in a place of stagnation and hurt and worry, concern, depression, anxiety, because of what we've been taught in church. And now when we go to unlearn and walk away, now we're, now we're experiencing different levels of this type of complex that can be compared to PTSD, etc. So um, the way that I'm walking out this space of shame and guilt is, again, just to say, remind myself that times you've done nothing wrong and have more self-compassion for myself and give myself grace to experiment, to try different things, and in wisdom, though, this is not to be crazy. This is to go out and live life. Go and travel. Go and, for the say, smoke a blunt. Hey, if that's what you want to do, <laughs> listen, if that's what you want to do, because you've been thinking about doing it, if you want to go get a tattoo, do your own research. See what it does for you versus taking somebody's opinion about it. That only says they don't do it because they have their own judgment about it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have to. And that doesn't mean that if you decide to do it, that you should feel shamed or guilty about it. But that's where I'm at, y'all. Those are the symptoms of religious trauma. And those are the ways that I have walked through it and is still walking through it. And hopefully I've said something and if not, maybe I said something that resonates with you. I want you to talk back to me. Put in the comments. Email me. You can email me at afterheartgod at yahoo.com. And just let me know like, if this resonates with you in a form of religious trauma. You can also follow uh, Safe Place with Titus Glenn. And you can put that in the group. And we can talk about ways that maybe religious trauma is showing up for you. Now, while I have it here, I think this is a good opportunity to talk about where we are in this podcast. Because I started out this podcast because I wanted to create a safe place. And it really is about creating a safe place. But now that I feel the call to really put a more clear topic around what I believe is essential or put a clear topic around the idea of this podcast, we're getting ready to change the name. And we're changing the name to be more in alignment with what I feel like, where I feel like my purpose is. And so we're going to be changing the name from Safe Place with Titus Glenn 
to unchurching, healing religious trauma, and owning your spiritual identity. And my prayer in this change is that we will continue to have these conversations in the most safest of places and creating a safe place, but also create a window of opportunity for people to tell and share their story. We'll explore other religions. We'll explore other practices. We'll explore other things that I'm doing to help in this space of not judging somebody else's belief based upon what we believe. And you can still believe what you want to believe. But I believe in this growing space of religious trauma, it's a conversation to help bring unification so that we are all healing and stop judging other people based upon the judgments that we have on ourselves. Because once we release the judgments that we have on ourselves, now we can be in harmony with somebody else or better harmony or more in alignment with somebody else because we are all one big body. But if we don't know what's going on with the other body, part of the body, then how can we relate and understand one another? So y'all, that is this episode of Safe Place with Titus Glenn getting ready to be unchurching, healing religious trauma and owning your spiritual identity. So talk back at me, get at me by following Safe Place with Titus Glenn and we're going to change that name for sure. But right now you can do that and we'll make sure we put those notes in the Facebook group as we are changing the names. We are here to build community and work with any and everyone that wants to come and be in this safe place to heal this religious trauma. So that's all I have, guys. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. Follow for more. Follow me, Titus Glenn, Instagram, Facebook, all of that. Until next week, you guys take care and be blessed. Thank you.